0: Welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hello,
1: and welcome to Minisode number three, where we are all about the Real Housewives of the OC reunion. How you doing, Kat?
0: I'm doing good, thank you. How are you doing?
1: Good, good. Just coming off of Christmas. There was a lot of OC watching this week. Um, I found it really interesting that they kind of did them all back to back. I feel like this is the first time, but they're probably making way for the uh, Real Housewives of Dallas
0: reunion, which I'm sure will be uh, coming up as well. So it's been a lot. It has been a lot, but it's also, it's a perfect time to get to watch lots of... I mean, at least we're not at work and juggling at all. This week has been slightly easier. Although I say that... I obviously still was half an hour late to record because um, we all fell asleep. We, we literally, <laughs> in that like post Christmas afternoon cocktail slump, I suddenly woke up and I was like, "Chit, it's ten past five, and I haven't finished watching, <laughs> and I'm supposed to be recording at half past, and I haven't quite got my shit together." So apologies for that, Reagan. Um, but I'm here now and ready, fully caught up to do the. OC uh, minisode for the reunion yeah. and it's pretty interesting
1: it's pretty interesting it's pretty intense I've actually found that everybody being home has hindered my reality tv watching like because normally I can fit it in with my work during the day and nobody's here and I can do it wherever I want where now I've been like watching it on my phone upstairs in my room taking notes on my iPad like in the wee hours of the morning so oh no. The kids don't hear or I put them downstairs on the TV and make them breakfast and then I've been coming back up. So it's been a little rough. I have no idea how next week's gonna go <laughs> with like a when whole do, load of shows.
0: Are they still off then next week?
1: Yeah, they don't they don't go back until like after the first. And my husband's home too. So which I thought would make it easier, but actually it's not. So
0: yeah, as much as we are kind of making this into a thing and really trying to grow the podcast, still very difficult for my husband to to hear. I need to go and watch all these reality TV shows. Can you look after the children? He's like, this just doesn't fucking seem fair. And I get it. But either way, uh, we're we're still here and we're fully up to speed.
1: Absolutely. Work is work is what I've kind of had in my head. Like, this is something I've committed to do. So this is what I need to do. You do your work one way. I do my work another way. so.
0: So shall we crack on three big episodes? And I think... I think it's really... I think we're going to have to start with Vicky Gumbelson because she came on hot and absolutely dominated. And I think it's a really interesting discussion for us to have about the whole friend and and castmate conversation because I suspect that they've taken her off because they want to see other characters grow. And also she's been there for 13 years. But the reunion was just an example of why she needs to go. Like, nobody got a word in edgewise. She was dominant.
1: I mean, Andy couldn't even get a word in edgewise. Like, she is such a big personality. And I think because she's been a friend, she doesn't know how to, like, change her role a little bit. Like, you're actually not a lead. You didn't have an orange. I don't know if you caught that, but you weren't there for that photo (laughs) shoot. Um, you are just a friend so like therefore your role is going to be smaller and i just don't think she was having it i think she was hot all season i mean i think it was really shades of vicky kind of vicky with brooks hot um, and yeah the reunion was was no different and i think she even like ratched it up a level for the reunion it was it was uncomfortable to watch like it just made me feel so awkward and really dislike her. Like, I've actually always kind of been a Vicky fan because, you know, she's been fun. She's been a little bit crazy. But this reunion really changed that for me. I kind of felt I, I'm pulling away from my my Vicky tolerance a little bit.
0: I'm with you. I, there's always been a soft place in my heart for Vicky because as much as she is so ridiculously narcissistic, she's great fun to watch. And she is comedy genius. You know, she really brings a lot of laughs to the show but I think it was painful to watch how hard it was for her ego to deal with the fact that she was not front and center on this. And even though she played the friend role and she came out for a certain period of time, like she still got significantly more exposure on that reunion than any other friend in the history of reunions. She got the first place seat next to Andy. You just knew that that had been a deal breaker. I am not going to go and sit on the end. Um, and it really was uncomfortable to watch a 50-year-old woman who is so accomplished and so successful and is engaged to the man that she loves and has this beautiful family and this great house feels so insecure and threatened by such a small tiny thing as like where she sits on the couch and whether she's, you know, got enough airtime on this reunion. It was, It was really sad to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was the Vicky show. Yeah. And nobody could get a word in edgewise. And, like we said before, Andy even struggled. And she was calling out everybody, I mean, mainly Bronwyn, for doing things that, again, we've all seen her do for the past 13 years. You know, be crazy, get naked. Like, and she even did it this season too. And I just, I, I don't understand where this like just deep-seated insecurity comes from and why she can't just be happy with where she's at in life. Like, if she's beyond doing all this stuff, then be beyond doing it. Like, don't come back on the show to chastise and be so
0: fucking self-righteous
1: to everybody.
0: I it's think as well. It's, yeah, it is, and it's really interesting that so much of her anger and hatred was directed at Bronwyn because obviously Bronwyn is is really everything that Vicky kind of. I think a lot of it for Vicky is physical, and I know that that sounds silly, but I think Vicky's always been very, very insecure about how she looks, and um, and I think Bronwyn obviously has, you know, eleven hundred children, and she's only forty two apparently. And she looks phenomenal and she's got a great setup and she really is the antithesis of everything that Vicky stands for. You know, Bronwyn is very much more spiritual. She's very much more connected with kind of the good and in people. And that's really what I think she looks for. And I think Vicky feels super threatened by Bronwyn. And obviously, essentially, Bronwyn came in and took her place on the cast. Like they bumped her off and brought Bronwyn in. So Um, So I think that combination meant that Vicky really directed a lot of fucking anger towards her, which I felt was unwarranted.
1: I totally agree with you on that one. Um, I feel like you're absolutely right. I I think Bronwyn has everything Vicky wished she had. I think, you know, Bronwyn's been married to the same man for all of these years. And she's consistently finding new ways to kind of spice up their love life, which was like Vicky's big issue with Don. And I think Bronwyn personifies everything that Vicky feels insecure about and kind of sad about. And now that she's on the show and she kind of fit right in. I mean, she got along really well with Tamara, which I know is a huge button for Vicky because she felt she was being replaced. I think at the end of the day, she didn't think that they would be able to find somebody to kind of take over such a big personality. And while I don't think Bronwyn fulfilled, like, she's not the biggest personality on the show, I think she slid in really nicely. She got along with everybody. Everybody liked her. She wasn't super young. So, like, you know, she was kind of everybody's age or close to that. So I think Vicky was, again, very threatened by this this woman coming in when she was going off. I think you're absolutely right.
0: Yeah, and she also created just about the right amount of drama. It's unusual for a new housewife to come in because Emily last year, like the first season, was it last year her first season or the season before? I can't remember. But she was fairly quiet and a little bit innocuous the first season. And then, but Broming came in and was just about right. Like she created the right amount of drama. She didn't come in too hot and feel like she needed to prove herself. And she didn't come in too sort of lacking in confidence and not really do enough. She's done a really, really good job, and obviously she brought Doctor Deb with her as well, which is a conversation for a few minutes' time, I'm sure. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we got to learn a little bit more about Bromwin as well, you know, four to five thousand dollars a month on groceries. Like, can we just that is that blows my mind? Like, that's probably ten times what we spend on groceries. What? Well, well, she's got ten times the kids. Well, there is that. <laughs> there is that, the he- but I know, still reckon I could feed I could feed seven kids for less than five k a month. Just saying, but it, anyway, um, I
1: don't know. I I feed a family of four on probably around two hundred dollars a week, so that would make it about a grand a month, and that's just the four of us. So yeah, I mean maybe, maybe we're still a little bit under, but like she said, like they, you know. They've got the dairy-free, gluten-free, like, all the fancy foods that I do not buy for my children, so. No, they're they're not fish fingers.
0: If it's not fish fingers, then my kids don't get a look in. Um, Yeah, so we had, uh, so we learned a little bit more about Bronwyn. Do you think Bronwyn's going to be back next season? I'm
1: sorry, you you broke up. Did you say, do I think Vicky's going to be there next season?
0: Uh, I said, do you think Bronwyn's going to be back next season? But let's also answer that question, too.
1: Yeah, I 100% think Bronwyn will be back. I think she was very real, very herself. I think she has grown quite a fan base this season, probably faster than a lot of the housewives when they first came on. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that she'll be back. I think she's doing a lot of good for people, like kind of putting herself out there and saying, well, this is how we make it work. And, you know, this is how I deal with my kids. And, you know, they've had a lot of issues. They also have a lot of kids. So there's going to be kind of like a broad spectrum of, issues that they can deal with with her and the kids and they're getting older and she's hit that transitional phase or maybe her kids don't need her as much anymore. Like I a hundred percent think we're going to see her back. Uh, next. And what season. about
0: Vicky? Do you think Vicky will be back next season? I don't know. I mean,
1: Vic Vicky is a hundred percent good times to watch, but I feel like she crossed a few lines with Andy this season. And I know Andy doesn't have like full say, but I think when someone becomes such a problem, to deal with, which, I mean, we just saw a little taste. I'm sure she's been that way the whole time to production and just being a huge pain in the ass. I don't know.
0: I mean, cause we found out as well. And we, I don't think we knew this or certainly I hadn't read it, but I could have just missed it, that she'd filed a lawsuit against Bravo and the producers for the, to, something to do with the argument that she had with Kelly and Key West regarding her business and the woman that's suing her, for not paying out on the insurance that she'd sold her. Um, And obviously she's since dropped that suit, Andy said, but there was that, that's never going to sit well with somebody who, you know, you potentially want to employ you. But also she, um, that, you know, even Andy, you can see the frustration that he has dealing with her because she's just Throwing yeah. her weight around, saying it's her show and she didn't even have to interview for it. And Andy's like, Yeah, you did. I like, we saw the tape. She's like, I didn't. I didn't an interview. And like the look on his face and the anger, he was like, I saw the tape.
1: Yeah. I've never seen Andy lose his cool like that ever. And I mean, no, it wasn't me even major. Like he really held it back. Um, but I think I think that's what what we're dealing with. I mean, she didn't even have the balls to put the lawsuit in her own name. She put yeah. the lawsuit in as a pseudonym you know, to try to get it and then she wants to file a restraining order against Kelly and just like all this crazy shit and it's just like like I hope for her sake she just doesn't want to do it anymore like, if you're, you know, like she said she's lost two clients because this season was so terrible, which i highly doubt. There was nothing on this season that hasn't been on past seasons. And i just think like i want her to just not do it anymore. Like i don't even want there to be a thing with bravo about it. I just want her to like take a step back. And i think, you know, we put out the poll is the show better with Vicky as friend versus the lead. And i mean, the 75% of our people think she's better as a friend 25 percent said she was better as a lead but I mean it was kind of blurred this season I don't think we've really seen her in just the friend role and I don't think she can be I think she's too egotistical she wants too much for herself to really actually just be a friend role on this show
0: yeah I think I think you're right I think she's I really, I'm with you. I hope that she walks away with some element of grace and just signs it up the last 14 years to being a really good thing. And now she can move on and do something else. Um, And I hope she, I hope her ego lets her, because I think she'll be much, much happier. But, you know, you could just see, even on this reunion, the insecurity was really causing her to be vicious again. And she's doubling down on those accusations about Kelly taking cocaine. Like she didn't sort of go, even though this has all been sorted out once in, bloody wherever they were, not Miraval, the place they went to before, wherever that was. Miraval. You know, they they sorted all that stuff out. And then um, she's doubling down again, going, well, no, your brother said this. And this is, yeah, you know, when they, her and Kelly finally sorted it out the first time, they were sat around the dining table and they had that truce. I don't know if that was Miraval. Yeah, that was at Miraval. Oh, was
1: it? This season, when they like cried and stuff.
0: Yeah, it was the Mirabelle. That was Was like a make
1: your own dinner dinner.
0: Yeah. So, you know, to think that that's already done and she's like, these insecurities force her to re, like, re give these accusations about cocaine. And you just think, dude, this is not doing anybody any good. And it's making her angry. And it's really bringing out the very, very worst in her. Absolutely. Well, she even like crosses the line and talks about them making up
1: the DM. That Jolie received on Instagram because, like, you can't get DMs from people you don't know. Like, she's just talking out of her ass now. Like, you're talking about things you don't understand. You're you're pushing things further than they fucking need to go. Shut
0: up. But then her and Kelly backstage are, like, oh, they hug it out and kiss it out. And even Kelly, I'm like, dude, the girl's not right. Like, I get that you've got a long history, but how long do you have to keep going, putting you both of yourselves through this? Like... Just let each other be because both of you are are actually very, very similar. And I think it's Gina that says it. She's like, you guys are actually really similar because you fight the same way and you're defensive in the same way. And it's that defensiveness that is really, really volatile and really damaging.
1: No, I told, yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, I was really surprised when Kelly was like, no, I, I fight really dirty and I get really mean. And for me, that's been kind of the first time that she's really vocalized that And kind of acknowledged it. And for me, like, I hope she moves on for that because I do see, and I think we do see a softer heart with Kelly um, when she's not being backed in the wall or being really defensive. Kelly can be quite nice and quite understanding, but like she needs to get a handle on kind of how she handles, you know, confrontation or disappointment or other people. It's just all kind of a mess. Do you think that Vicky and Steve will get married? I th- I mean, I think so. We, I think Steve plays it very smart to, like, not really be on the show. Like, he's there, but, you know, he doesn't really say a lot and whatever. I, I don't know. I mean, who knows what their relationship is like off camera, but I feel like... Vicky is pretending to be somebody that she inherently is not. And I think that's why, like, she's blown up on this reunion talking about all these things that other people have done. Like she's erased her whole past from her brain because she was the, you know, she's the girl dancing on the tables and like whooping it up everywhere. And I think if she's not able to share that part of herself with him, like if this change has been because she wants to be this respectable, retired cop's wife, so she feels she has to fill this role, it's not going to work. Like it doesn't work unless you are yourself. And yeah, and I think Vicky's kidding herself that that's not part of who she is anymore.
0: Yeah. And I think it's really interesting. Vicky seems you know, one of the things about Bronwyn that she has the biggest problem with is obviously like Bronwyn's sexual choices and the kissing the girls and the threesomes and the being open about that. Vicky's very like off the scale offended um, by that. And we know that she can't truly be offended by it because we've seen her do similar things in all the other seasons beforehand. But I think you're absolutely right. You've hit the nail on the head. She's trying to play this role that she now thinks she she is going to give her a happy ever after with Steve, whether it's this respectable businesswoman, police wife person. And like you say, that's always going to end badly. If you can't be yourself, that's not going to last.
1: No, it's going to explode in a spectacular fashion. And I don't want that for her. I don't mean, I don't want that for anybody, but yeah, you just need to be yourself. And I don't think she is. So as far as her and Steve go... You know, we'll see. I don't know if he knows that side of her because she said, like, he's never really watched the show or done anything like that. So if he doesn't know that side of her, obviously he doesn't think anything's going on. But we've seen her now for 14 years, and this is definitely not the Vicky that we've seen and her getting just so over the top with, like, her being offended and her fucking delicate sensibilities. That woman does not have any delicate sensibilities Anywhere no, in her body.
0: There is not a delicate sensibility of, around. But talking about the threesomes, let's get on to, um, like, Bronwyn, obviously, and Tamra. Because we got a lot of unseen footage from Miraval, it, which was all about Tamara and her threesomes, right? I
1: know. I can't believe they cut that out of, like, the actual show airing. Like, I understand maybe holding some back so you have kind of, like, a bomb to drop at the reunion. But... I'm kind of irritated that that wasn't shown because I feel like, you know, that that creates that that kind of explains the bond between Bronwyn and Tamara a little bit better. Like they've they've done a lot of very similar things in their lives and they kind of live their lives very similarly. So, I wish we would have seen all that previously unseen footage about the threesome. But the story was crazy about, like, her and Eddie having (laughs) sex in the fake grass and, like, her naked friends just happening about. Like, part of me is like, is this real or is this a plot of a really bad, like, 70s porn?
0: (laughs) I know. I'm like, listen, I know how to party. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I can do all of that. But I'm not sure that I've ever been in a position where I'm having sex with my husband in fake grass. I love that there was that detail. Like, it had to be fake. They're having sex with my husband in fake grass, and all of a sudden, my naked friends are lying next to us. Like, that, there seems, I don't know. Maybe I'm being approved. I'm not judging. But I just don't see that turn of events occurring in my life anytime soon. (laughs) That has
1: literally never happened before ever at any party I've ever been to. Now, I think the fake grass is because a lot of people in California have fake grass because of the drought. So they've like replaced their grass. They don't have to water. They don't have to add to the drought or whatever. But I guess like they're talking about this party. I mean, I don't, maybe they were at the Playboy Mansion. I don't know. Because they were talking about like the (laughs) massive grounds and people are naked in the pool. But again, to me, it just felt like the plot of like a very old porno.
0: (laughs) It really did. It sounded like a really bad, cheesy porno from like one of those like erotica sites where people, you know, submit fan porn. And then it turns out to be Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of thing that I was... It sounded bad. And everybody had seen now, you know, his wiener, which I don't know where to go with that. But, um, but yeah, I think it's weird that, that Vicky's giving no. Tamra a pass for behaviour that she is berating Bronwyn for. right. I don't get it. I think it can't be one set of rules for one person and another set for another person. Either it offends you or it doesn't.
1: Right, right. Like it, it it's not less offensive because you happen to know the person for a longer period of time. Um yeah, Vicky's just nuts. Like I just don't there's no rhyme or reason to her offensiveness and who's going to offend her next like Cause we saw her turn on Tamara a little bit about like, why did you let me take the fall for like the train comment? And you know, maybe you just should have. And I don't know, like I'm just kind of over her dynamic. Like I'm over her being mean to new people because that's her thing. I'm, I'm, just kind of over the whole show kind of having to be around Vicky. Yeah. I liked it much better with her being a friend and that we could kind of see everybody else. And if she does come back next season, I'd like her to have a smaller friend role, if, if one at all, like cut yeah. her back. Because I think the dynamics between the other women are super interesting. And a lot of them, I feel, are based on real friendships. Yeah. Between them and real friendships that have grown and...
0: Like I think as well the tre- the tres amigas is kind of a damaging dynamic for the for the friendship group as it is. It really divides it up, and when there's two sort of clear sections in the friendship in the girl group, it really doesn't lend itself to the show. So I think getting rid of her is a really smart move. And I I I really I would my argument is that I think she should be. I'd rather see her gone actually, and I you know maybe off camera she's a really sweet loving, gentle, spiritual human being. Maybe.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we definitely didn't see that when she thought the cameras weren't rolling at the reunion. I thought we saw someone much more vile than we've actually seen on camera. And like maybe, you know, I'm sure she's great with like her grandkids and her kids and kind of being completely away from it. But I felt like when we saw her, when she thought the cameras weren't rolling, we got a much more vicious nasty human being than we even saw on the show. Um, I don't know.
0: Yeah, well maybe that's the last we see. Maybe Vicky Gumfelson, the original OG, has left the building. Um but I thought as well, we're kind of jumping around, but I thought it was really interesting that we got a lot more of an insight into Emily and Shane. Cause we have spoken a lot about Shane. I mean there's been nothing about Shane all season that either of us have found Um, to like or even to kind of redeem him in the smallest way and actually this was kind of an interesting discussion on perhaps a second side of the story being there
1: I totally agree with you because I think Andy said something like he is kind of ranking as one of the most like hated TV husbands out of all the kind of housewife husbands, like people feel much more strongly about him. But I thought it was really interesting where, you know, he brought up, well, you guys, there's a side of Emily you haven't seen. It's a side of Emily that wasn't on the show that does exist. And I think that's a really interesting kind of thing to bring up because they are being filmed. They obviously know they're being filmed. They have times for when they're filmed. And I think you can control not losing your shit, for yeah. certain periods of time. And you can come off in a better way or a worse way than maybe who you actually are. And I thought it was interesting that Kelly actually piped up because I guess they all went on vacation together. And Kelly was like, no, I've seen that side of Emily. And that that Emily's never been on the show.
0: Yeah, it is interesting. And you definitely can control it. I mean, God, I do it every time I'm out in public with my kids. You know, like when they're dicks in public, I'm like very patient. And we talk very calmly right. to each other when they're dicks at home. I'm like, can you just not do that? So I think it's really possible, but I at first when this conversa- conversation originated and um, <laughs> it felt yeah. a, it felt a lot like when the conversation first originated, it felt a lot like um, the girls. I, I was a bit uncomfortable with it. I felt like the girls were kind of ganging up a bit on her, um, and then she kind of started to own that actually. somewhat she'd perhaps given one side of the narrative and that there was a lot more to it and of course like you say it's filmed at certain times it's also edited in a very distinct way too um and shane really did bear the brunt of that now i'm still not sure i'm prepared to say that he's a really sweet guy because you know 10 minutes on a couch uh doesn't Real, you know if talking about being able to project a certain view a certain viewpoint he was given 10 minutes and he said all the right things so i'm still the jury is still very much out on shame but i do think that there are certain telltale signs that perhaps imply that emily isn't quite the sweet not not that she's a bitch but that she's got issues too And you know talking about her anger at the session for me i remember thinking well i don't see that angry side like that doesn't ring true But now that kind of fits into place. So maybe there are other... I mean, of course, there's another side to the story that means I can't quite condemn Shane to kind of the annals of worst husbands in history yet.
1: Yeah, I don't think this conversation completely absolves him of a lot of his behavior. Like there are a lot of things that I don't agree with Shane with about just the way in general, he spoke to her, especially when she's kind of given him free range to like, just go off and study for his exam. And we see kind of all of those flashbacks. I think with anything, there's always two sides of the story. I think they're probably genuinely working on it. I think it's a good thing that they both sat down and created a mission statement for their marriage. Um, and I think as long as you know they're working towards something, they're working towards something. I found it really interesting that Emily, Emily was like, "You've got to be kidding! If you haven't thought that like I've wanted to have a divorce, or that we haven't talked about, you know, maybe this isn't working for us, but we we are in it to actually work through it, and we're trying. And since we have kind of sat down and really aligned." Our images, like our two individual images for marriage, it's actually been a lot better because we know what the other wants from each other. And I mean, I th- I thought that was a super helpful hint, like, you know, when you're struggling to really sit down and communicate, but I don't think it, it totally absolves him of everything that we've seen him do this season. Um, and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing a more fuller version of Emily. I mean, I don't want to watch her screaming at our kids. I mean, nobody wants to <laughs> watch that. No, I've got enough but of that I, in I my own house. I've come away from this reunion wanting to know Emily. Yeah, yeah, no. That's why I watch reality TV, to escape my reality. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I look forward to seeing maybe a, a more whole picture of Emily. And I think actually the girls would too. I think when, again, you're hiding part of yourself, you're not really open fully to getting to know other people. And I feel like that's maybe been a barrier between Emily and the other girls.
0: And I think what's cool about what I've been watching with Emily and Shane is You know, I think if you are in an unhappy marriage with somebody that you love, which is really possible, you can be at a point in a really rocky part of your marriage, even though, and still desperately love them, they are often the people that you behave the worst with. And maybe that's what we saw of Shane. And maybe that's what we haven't seen of Emily, but maybe that's happening too. And I really admired them putting that out there because, you know, God knows I've been there and... I don't think it's something that's spoken about a lot. I think rocky marriages are something that are often just kept behind closed doors and people often feel a lot of pressure that, you know, they look around and they think that everybody else's marriage is working brilliantly and theirs is miserable. So I really admire Emily and Shane for owning that. And I admire Shane for coming out on the couch and, you know, and and getting involved. Like I'm sure it was a little bit of kind of image preservation as well, but, um, that's literally the only time in the history of Shane that I haven't wanted to punch him in the face. So maybe there is hope for them yet.
1: Absolutely. I I think it took a lot of balls to come sit on that couch and really kind of... Confront or listen to, you know, the things everybody feels about you. Like, that's hard shit, man. <laughs> like I would I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I don't want to sit with a bunch of people where they're just telling me all the shit things I've done <laughs> and what they think about me. Like, it's the most terrible roast on the planet. Um, but but I do like I give him props for doing that. I hope that they are working through things honestly and openly. And um we'll we'll see where that leads. But I definitely think Emily seemed a little bit happier on the couch. And they seemed a little bit happier together. And so maybe we'll see more of that.
0: Uh, Yeah, we also um, got a little bit more insight into the Gina and Matt thing, because obviously they were together on the show, rekindling their relationship. Now, by the time the reunion comes around, they have officially decided to split. And alongside that is this allegation, and we have to say allegation because it's been denied by Gina's ex husband, Matt, that um, there was some domestic abuse uh incident that occurred following a date and she kind of gave the story of what happened um but yeah I I really felt for Gina in that instance but but in some ways there was a little bit of me that felt like that needed to happen like she was always going to keep going back I felt like she was always going to try until it got to a point where she was like okay this is now not okay and that that was that for
1: her Absolutely, I think she got one hundred percent confirmation that divorcing Matt is the is the right move for her and the right move for her kids. I mean, marriage is marriage is tough. And I think, you know, it's tough enough without all the stuff that's been going on with her and Matt anyways throughout this thing. And, you know, talk about, you know, things not being open and honest. I mean, Gina has been the most closed off about what had been going on in the relationship last season. And this season, I really appreciated that she opened up because, again, I mean, real people watch these shows every day. And I know a lot of people blow off reality TV like it's bullshit, but it's... It, it's giving you insight into real people's lives, real people deal with affairs, real people deal with domestic abuse. And I think it can be very uplifting for people who are in situations to see how other people handle it, or even the fact that other people do get caught up in it and are like, well, he apologized and everything was fine. Cause I felt she alluded to some things had happened kind of previously. Like we always hear about Matt's apologies. And so for me, I kind of took that as, similar things have happened maybe not to the same extent but similar things have happened across the lifetime of their marriage that really you know she she took him back and would continue to work on it and i think there's only there's a limit to that and you know i'm i'm happy that she was able to get out without anything, you know, really, you know, harmful happening to her or her children. And, you know, I think once you you face that, she has her answer. Like, she doesn't need to ever doubt that she's done the right thing for her and her kids. And
0: yeah, I don't know, man. And now she's got a new boyfriend, Travis, who lets her, everybody seems to really like, I really hope that he's a good guy. I mean, I really hope... He's a really good guy. I really hope Shannon's new boyfriend, John, is a really good guy. And, you know, I really hope that this does work out for Kelly with Rick Leventhal. Like, I don't know. Maybe that, maybe they are the perfect people for each other. But it would be nice to see some of these housewives actually have a husband. I mean, really, it's only Tamara and, and Bronwyn that does. Oh, well, and Emily just, I guess. Right. And I th- Yeah, and I think we've seen with
1: Tamara, because, I mean, we've been with Tamara now for two husbands, so we've really seen, I feel like we've seen a change in Tamara from when she was with Simon in very, very early seasons versus the Tamara who's with Eddie, someone who's very supportive and loving, and, you know, he goes through some shit too, but, like, they're really there for each other, and I think it's really nice to see To actually be able to see the difference, and I hope that's what's happening for Gina. And I, based on social media, it's definitely happening for Shannon. I think she has looked the happiest we've seen her in many seasons. Um, I did find it interesting that like everybody other than Kelly, every like everybody's met the others. Like people have met Shannon's new boyfriend, people have met Gina's new boyfriend, and Kelly's really keeping it away. But Kelly's is also, I think, a lot newer. Than the others, um, because there's a lot of talk about this just being really fast, and you know he's already got yeah. a ring, and you know it's just moving. And he's very also, quickly. but also, I don't think she's super close with these women anymore. I think that
0: I was going to say, and he's also um, based in New York, so there's a geographical element which might make you know that meeting them a little bit different. But this has got Kelly written all over it. It's impetuous. It's quick. It's you know. It- I don't know. Maybe it'll work for her. Who knows? But I do hold out really good hopes for Shannon and Gina. And I want them both. You know, I hope it works out for both of them.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I think uh, maybe maybe we'll see next season. One thing I did want to touch on was um, kind of the Dr. Deb stuff. I found Bronwyn talking about her mom really interesting because You know, she used to wear like these real like the picture that they showed of Dr. Deb, I think at Bronwyn's wedding, where she was like all in these like St. John suits and like super like conservative Dr. Deb. And then she went to Burning Man and like lost it all. I think it's really interesting to look at their relationship in terms of maybe her mom not being able to deal with her getting attention. And maybe that's kind of been something through their whole lives. Like we talked last week about Bronwyn going to boarding school and it was so Dr. Deb could go to medical school. And we kind of see that kind of inequality between mother-daughter and now Bronwyn has said that, you know, she and her mom are on a break. Like she can still see the kids. She's still totally involved, but she's just not speaking with her at the moment.
0: I think it's really, this is another reason why I really like Bronwyn is that I feel like she's very self-aware and very able to self-assess. So she, she's like, I looked at the conversations that the things I was saying in the conversations, the dynamic, when I saw what look, watched the show and she can look at that and go, yeah, you know what? That's not healthy. You know, she's not going on the defensive straight away. She can look at it and go, yeah, you know what? I need to change this. And so she's taking a break and I feel for her, but I feel like, you know, once again, we've got a really jealous older generation mother who cannot deal with the success of the exposure that their daughters are getting. And, and it's really sad to see, we see it in Dallas. We see it. Uh, uh Where's the other place? Pot- Potomac. Um, and God, I just want one of them to have a really lovely mom that Potomac. isn't a Yeah. That isn't a pain in the ass.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, because we've seen Tamara's mom come on seasons, and I don't think Tamara's mom wants the attention. Like, you know, I know they've obviously had their differences, but it seems like they've really grown from that, and her mom's just, like, doing her own thing, working at Costco and being in a retirement home. Like, kind of, like, living her age versus really trying to grasp onto, like, this feeling of youthfulness. And, I mean, I kind of want to punch myself in the own face for even saying, like, acting her age, but, like, being comfortable with, like, her her point in life. Like, living in a retirement home, she's bored, so she's going to go work at Costco so she can chat to people. Like, I think that's fucking fantastic. Like, she's living her best life. Like, why can't we all just live our own best lives and let our children live their own best lives, and I'll be okay with that?
0: Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I think we're going to see... um, you know, I think we're gonna see more of Dr. Deb. We're gonna see more of Mama D and all of and Dorothy and all of these women that are really really struggling to accept their kids' success. and I think I'm looking forward to it, but I do wish that they would just fucking be comfortable with themselves and let their kids do their best thing. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Dr. Deb, I'm sure will continue to feature. Absolutely. I mean, I
1: think all these women will. I think it'll be interesting to see if Vicky doesn't come back, who will come back, is it will it just be a friend will or will they bring somebody new to the cast? Um, yeah, Wait who and see. knows, but Wait and I'm see. looking forward to it. I'm also kind of glad for the break. They're they're pretty full on for me.
0: <laughs> me <laughs> like, too. i couldn't it's imagine a lot. if the
1: show went on all year.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. That yeah, it's definitely a lot. Um, so anyway,
1: I'm 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 looking forward to having a break from the OC. Yeah. So I think uh, is there anything else that we need to discuss no, about th- the reunion?
0: No, I think that just about ties it up. If there is anything that you think we've missed, or if there's any questions that you want us to answer, or any comments that you have, then always remember that you can get in touch with us across the socials. And if you listen to the trailer out, you can hear it. But never forget, you can email us as well at hey at tvmyhusbandhates.com. So I guess until the next uh, mini which will be Dallas, uh, we'll see you then. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims.